Was that too loud? I, you tell me. I don't know the definition of loud. There are <laughs> soft things, and then there are things that sort of hurt my ears. <laughs> and there's no varying differentiation. You're listening to the Gift Horse Podcast, a red pill commentary on life for your ears only. And now, here's Tim and Connor. All right, let's start this one over. Go, Mr. Tim, you, to you. To me? To you. Oh, no, wait. You know the guy um, that does the breathing method? Mm, I don't um, know his name. I think it's, it might be Wim Hof. Wind Hof? Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Yep. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. That's good. Excellent. What's, what's going on? I'm supposed to ask you questions. Wow. Yeah, it looks like you brought your, um, you, you walked yeah, I brought in a notebook. La- Unfortunately, it only has statistics notes in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the wrong notebook. There was one section in here, physiological understanding of a normal function. So you're a stats guy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Do you have a specific demographic of stats that you find most interesting? Demographic of stats? No, I think it would be anything that seems like an anomaly or anything that is slightly interesting in terms, I don't know, for for my own personal fancy (laughs) excellent way of portraying that. No, (laughs) I don't know. I I like numbers and I like funny things about numbers, so... Whatever is compared and contrasted. Yeah. Correlation, causation. I think things that correlate but aren't necessarily the cause of other things can be slightly humorous. Although it would be a really boring topic to delve into. But yeah. Well, I just watched The Imitation Game, Mm -hmm. the movie, about Alan Turing and everything he accomplished during the World War. And he basically built a machine called Christopher that could decipher... Uh, German encryption mm-hmm. and what that machine was doing. He's basically creating the first computer, which was trying to work at a fraction of the time that it takes for a human to process something. Yep. And so I was wondering, do you think our brains have evolved in this modern time because of the aid of growing up with technology such as computers? Or do you think we're at a greater handicap? I think if we have infinite access instantaneously in the form of a little little light box that we pull up to our face, I think that it doesn't cause you to actually go through the the functions in your head. You know, you don't think about the math problem. You can just look it up in your calculator. Some people I know in this day and age cannot make change. They insert into their POS system. They'll insert what the customer has given to them cash-wise, and then it'll spit out. It'll tell them what to do and change for them. So we've become very babied by technology. I mean, yeah, the spectrum will kind of rise on one end and fall on the other. So, I mean, you can either be an infant towards technology and treat it like a fun little game, or you can be someone that uses technology to your own advantage. People creating uh, blockchain, you know, cryptocurrency, uh, other things like that. The pinnacle of automation, AI, algorithms, computer vision. Yeah, the, the tip of the spear when it comes to programming. That That's kind of neat. Okay, so let's let's narrow down the topic or, <laughs> sure. the, or the scenario. What, what about for parents? What is your personal stance on how technology should be implemented with the youth? At what age? In what capacity? Like after having established where our brains are at in this modern age Mm -hmm. when it comes to either a help or hinder with technology doing all of the thinking for us, but also showing its benefits as well as in retaining a lot of information that we probably would never have without it. How would you uh, process that in regard to parenting? 
Like at what age? At what age do you think is an appropriate time for kids to be transitioning into technology and devices? That's an excellent question. I don't honestly have the end-all be-all answer myself. I think that if people in Silicon Valley are sending their kids to private schools where they don't even use iPhones or laptops or interactive media to teach their children, then there's got to be something to that. I think technology kind of creates just mindless drones that, you know, flick through the next like or the next post. I think instant gratification in the form of pretending that you're learning something or you're seeing something new doesn't outweigh actually learning something, you know, from a book or on paper or actually putting in the time and effort to read something really well or to learn something really well. Well, okay, then let's not throw the baby out with bathwater. There there are useful purposes for technology. So let's say if you had moderation for your children to use technology only for the purposes of education and not for anything recreational, like social media, TikTok, stuff that they can spend their time kind of wasting away, uh-huh. but keeping it strictly for academic purposes. At what age do you think you could implement that with, with their learning as they're getting older? Or would you? Depends on the medium to learn it. It depends on, are we learning science experiments? Are we learning math? Are we learning anything, any topic? Music. Using uh, the I unlimited think. resources at whatever topic and yeah, at whatever sure. subject. Uh-huh. Yeah, how you break down learning. I don't I don't honestly know. I don't have an opinion on it. We can come back to that. Yeah, sure. Just you can take some time to relax. No idea. It's interesting. You can even see it in infants when they start noticing how mommy and daddy are looking at this device, mm-hmm. how they kind of almost shut down when they're looking at this black box. Mm-hmm. And in the moment they see what's on it, they're captivated by all the lights, you know, the motion. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, they like to imitate it because... They get to a point where they want to mimic mommy and daddy, so they want their own phones. But I think when you start giving them actual devices to fully mimic, I think they start to lose the opportunities of growing their personalities because they're really being programmed with whatever's in front of them, whatever TV shows. I mean, they're called programs for a reason. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm sure that's going to influence them to just respond only with what they're seeing Mm -hmm. rather than them learning on their own away from something that is influential mm-hmm. helping their creativity maybe yeah yeah i think uh, still think a pen and paper is going to be way better down the road for their educational endeavors mm. compared to having a box that emits light and how programming works typically is people buy the stuff that gives them the positive reinforcement of how well they're doing right if you have something that says hey look you clicked a note on the piano right here's a green light that shows you you did great kid you know Hmm. but how people develop applications it's honestly sometimes not for just the learning it's for the fact that if the parents don't like it or don't think that their child's winning or what have you then they're not going to keep buying that product so the thing is is that how technology is used in this day and age still doesn't teach you all there is to know about the world, right? We have Wikipedia at the tip of our fingers. We have the entire internet. You can do whatever you want. You can search anything, but it doesn't mean that you know it. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh Because now we have way too many voices speaking whatever they want, Mm -hmm. promoting their opinions as fact or as truth when it starts to bring you back to, okay, well, wait, if they're saying one thing and they're saying another and they're saying another and they're saying another, who am I supposed to believe? Mm-hmm. You know, who am I supposed to follow on this? I just want to know history. I want to know exactly what happened. I don't want 
opinions on what why it was bad or why it was good. I just want to know what happened, why it happened, and how it finished. You know, that, that should be in an unbiased way to yeah, approach education. And I think that education. it also, yeah, technology might even take the parents out of that situation as well. If you say, okay, we're going to watch world geography on this platform, right? And we're going to watch about the birds and the bees and all sorts of other things. No. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, but I meant like, you know, the actual birds, you know, learn about different birds from the Canary Islands. Oh, of or, course. Galapagos or something like that, or, you know, honeybees, you know, pollinating nature and why they're going extinct. Full there National might be, Geographic. Exactly. Yeah. There might be some sort of, you know, political kind of connotation just pushed through that programming. You know, if it's sure. public, if it's, you know, publicly sponsored, if it's sponsored by a corporation, there's so many different ways to talk about it. I just... Pick just, one. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that, that's the thing, though. It's like, how does technology do the thing? And you're, I, it's hard. I would say if I could have the ultimatum of not using it versus using it, I would say to not use it at least until I'm like 10 or 11. Your kids? You mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I already let my kids watch TV. An easy way to have them interact with something when it's I an instant babysitter. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. So there's it's like funny, a convenience yeah. and a potential... Yeah. You know, harm. Even then, there's a show my daughters are watching, and they start mimicking the accents of the characters, even though that they're not Australian. You know, my daughters are not Australian. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if the parents can watch it and tolerate it and think that it has good values, I mean, obviously, I would pick that technology to teach my children or something along those lines. There might be tools that technology can show more conceptually or visually different learning techniques that can help kids that learn visually compared to tactile kinesthetic I think is a really good way for young kids to learn you know seeing a problem you know you have two pennies in front of you on the table yeah those are the three learning methods I don't know if you're familiar with that or not so yeah tactile kinesthetic auditory and then visual I think there someone made up a fourth one at some point but everyone's kind of a combination of those three and I think that technology might diminish that for different learning methods and maybe amplify it for others Hmm. what about you when's technology jump in for your kids i don't know i still haven't come up with a a concrete answer but i think one of the greatest counterpoints that i've heard with this whole um, debate topic is from gary vaynerchuk when he's talking to parents who believe that he should not be encouraging kids on social media to be using the platforms so heavily And Gary was saying, you are putting your kids at a disadvantage if you are limiting their access to what the world is run on. We have so much of our careers, jobs and opportunities, even our personal lives being run on these devices. And this is how we're connecting with people. This is how we're learning things. This is how we're growing as people. And just that being said, it's how the world is operating primarily and not bringing your kids up to know that's how the world works is putting them at a disadvantage that's what he said and i'm paraphrasing but i still feel it's very valid so he brings up a good point you know because we are raising our kids to be functional adults and i think a part of that is to understand how do you function in our culture of these modern times yeah i can see that i see a lot of noise though in technology and i think that it's been built that way facebook instagram tiktok twitter any sort of social media platform you look at it's noise it's it's 80 yep. percent noise blends I mean, in yeah i don't think it has any beneficial in terms of making kids better or helping them to grow up into thriving successful parents or adults in the future kind of a depressing topic honestly technology 
<laughs> I don't know. It caught me in a bad, bad moment with that one. I'm just like thinking about it. It's like, man, technology's the pits and, you know, drive my Land Cruiser with my <laughs> GPS, you know, to a place where I can order stuff online. And <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, feel free to take the rudder and lead us a different direction. So I had a doctor's appointment, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to talk to one lady. Um, so I talked to her for 40 minutes or whatever. And then I was like, hey, I need to get my blood drawn and my blood pressure checked, right? So I went out to the lobby after we talked about my health and I had to wait another like half hour to get my blood pressure checked. And when that happened, then this is boring. Let's go somewhere else. Man. I have no <laughs> idea why we're, why we're talking about this. Cut, 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 cut. Okay. I was trying to be funny about it and I just like crashed and burned. <laughs> I was going to talk about how it took like an hour and a half to, you know, just go through a very, very easy course of action. Like blood pressure should have been like slap, slap. You're done, man. Got that checked out. And then the blood draw took like two minutes to do, but still had to wait in the lobby for 25 minutes. So it was just like back and forth. But it was like three things that could have been knocked out if someone had just said to another person, hey, here you go. Here, I had him. You got him. Here's your patient. You know? Mm. I would have taken, I would have been out of there in an hour and it took three and a half. Oh, and then I went to a little restaurant. It was called like Fresh Eats or Good Eats or Healthy Eats or Good Healthy Food Stuff, right? I don't, I don't remember the name of it, but to go in there and I ordered just a little, a bowl. That's their main dish. A bowl with, you can pick your veggies, you can pick your meat, you can pick starch or whatever. Is it like a Mediterranean uh, restaurant or something? It's like a health place. They've got varying things that I, you can make your bowl kind of mexican style cuisine you can make your bowl thai kind of cuisine you can make it anything you want so oh, okay sounds familiar yeah so i added all the stuff in there but i was like oh the salmon costs as much as the chicken oh man that's gonna be great so i ordered the salmon and um a half hour later i'm still standing there like where's my little bowl right and apparently they had forgotten about me but Still, it was 30 minutes for that, and then it was another 10 minutes for them to put the salmon into a microwave. And there's certain things that happen to salmon when you overcook it. The proteins inside of salmon will start to boil like egg whites. You know how like if you boil eggs and a shell pops, right, and it kind of starts oozing white out the side, right? That's what happens to salmon. So, wow. yeah, it looks like that after you overcook it. But I just, you know, took a bite of this this sandy salmon with, you know, this kind of white pus coming out of it. And I was like, uh, 40 minutes for that bad boy was pretty great. And then on top of that, too, the bowl is like $14 and it didn't have anything except a giant piece of salmon and like a little bit of someone someone had like previously chewed sweet potato, you know, spat it out, balled it up, put some cinnamon <laughs> sugar on it and then deep fried it. Okay. And there was like five or six of those guys in there. And, and uh, <laughs> it sounds like oh, you really great. did not have a great time. Yeah. And then, yeah, I came home and then uh, did statistics. So here I, here I am. Hello. Hello. World. Hello. Welcome. Print. Hello, world. <laughs> well, I'm trying to follow up from what you started. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. What's the worst experience you've had at a restaurant in terms of food, experience, and whatever it, it may be? What was just hands down the worst experience? Yeah, if you've got one lined up, you go for it right now. I, I'd have to think about that one. I've got a couple. Well, I remember the last time I went to Panera was the last time I went to Panera. Nice. It was like towards the end of the night. I must have been their last sandwich of the night. And they served my sandwich on burnt bread. Excellent. And it just, you could, it crumbled from the, like it was just burned, you know, it was dry and I couldn't even take a bite of it. And mm-hmm. I just took a picture of it. I still have the picture. Maybe I'll 
post it on uh, <laughs> Facebook for people who are listening that need to follow. But it was just so depressing. Uh-huh. And it just kind of broke me. I'm like, why am I paying for this hospital food? Nice. You know, I can't believe that this is the quality that they are putting forward. Satisfaction guaranteed. I think it's like on their receipt or something. Like, we'll make mm-hmm. it right. <laughs> or your money back or something. And that's where I was like, yeah, I'm done. They've lost my business. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to claim my birthday cookie. Uh-huh. Was it was it the town of which we both know that doesn't have very good fast food chains? That would be correct. That would be correct. I believe, <laughs> that, yeah. That's an affirmative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was living in Austin, and uh, I think this one goes down as the worst place I've ever had in my entire life. There's this little uh, Mexican food truck, and uh, they were open till like 1.30 a.m., on like a Thursday night or something like that and Kate and I Kate and I were really hungry and we were staying up late and talking and everything like that watching a couple of movies back to back you know being normal early 20 year olds and uh, so I got two burritos and it tasted as if someone had emptied out the oil pan from a Taco Bell after they had cooked the meat and mixed it with turnips and like Yucatan potatoes right like really hard diced undercooked potatoes but they had mixed like this weird sludge with these potato pieces and turnips and it was called like the everything burrito or something like so that. So you couldn't recognize what was actually in the burrito? I had no idea what was in it. I but actually took tasted. two two pieces right and they were you know one centimeter by one centimeter one centimeter cube of different things and I couldn't tell if it was pork or turnip or potato or or carrot and they were all covered with this like slimy cheesy grease kind of thing and i only ate a third of it because i was super hungry and we didn't have anything in the house and i had food poisoning of course but yeah i I will always remember that just the the smell the consistency the the lack thereof flavor wise was absolutely terrifying it was like the southeastern side of austin but i mean hey if you're open at 1 30 a.m you know it doesn't don't need to serve people good food i guess i guess not i mean how often are food trucks getting quality checked because I know they obviously have to go through, you know, an approval process of what's up to code when it comes to serving food from a food truck. So how often are they actually checked on the, the sanitation and the once quality? Once a year. Once a year? Yeah, I think that that's pretty standard by most states. Health inspector will come by once a year. And I guess they would have to inspect people who are registered, obviously, yeah. who have their own license. Uh-huh. That's how they keep track of them. Yeah, I've seen a lot of food trucks like that, though. But that's the thing with food trucks. It's like they're constantly in different places. How do you mm-hmm. know how to get a hold of them? I mean, if they're if you're not given an email or a phone number, they could be anywhere. And you'll never be. find them. Yeah. Catch me if you can. Yep, just like that movie. Just like the movie. They Tom Hanks is, is running after food trucks. Yep, Leonardo DiCaprio is... is, is um, there's uh, a there's, there's a joke a, there. There's a nasty burrito in his boot. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's poisoned this water hole. Oh boy. <laughs> How many Tom Tom Hanks quotes are there? Wilson. Okay, yeah, there's Castaway. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Wilson. Then you got Wilson. Toy Story is Woody. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, this is a super tangent super tangent episode just like brought back to back you know 25 30 second segments super tangent boom yeah cold opening cold <laughs> ending i guess back to super tangent because we've hit 27 minutes oh man what were we talking about <laughs> <laughs> you, you see any good movies lately tim oh i i finished the blade trilogy okay just because I know they announced a new actor to mm-hmm. play the part of Blade. I, I believe he's going to be in... Oh, it's a he. Um, oh, I'm shocked. I, well, 
I'm, I'm not gonna continue down that. What do you What do you mean? I'm just I'm surprised he is a he is a. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Come back, come back. There's our end. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for today's episode of the Gift Horse Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to stay tuned for more episodes to come.